lot, bitches. I Is fixed it. Okay. it. <laughs> yes. Like the chat, the chat changed on my end, so I can tell that like yeah. it went live, but it didn't update in the video. So hold on. Oh no, stress. Welcome, guys. I don't know who's Welcome. here. Oh, okay. Welcome. Okay, I gotta mute it. I'm gonna share our link on the Facebook page. Well, cheers. I have to see. <laughs> Wait, let me see. Okay, cheers. Thank. Welcome to the Two Ghouls Podcast. Welcome. Woohoo! Take a shot, beach. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see now. So he gave you Coke, and I thought I thought he mixed it together. Yeah. Me too. I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's a way to take it. Uh, and of course, I spilled it on myself. Mm. Damn it. It's <laughs> funny wear dark clothes. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure I'm going to spill just... wine all over myself. <laughs> I hate all, like, liquors. I don't like them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not very fun to, to drink. No. And I, with Joey and I were talking about it, like, this past weekend. We had a party, and... um. He was like, can you just tell? And I was like, what What can I tell? He was like, you know. I was like, no. He was like, well, we're, we're getting old. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, <laughs> we just don't rage like we used to. Like, I feel like we used to all, no. like, everyone would come over and take, like, five shots before even getting in the door. And, like, everyone would, like, be raging. And now everyone's just like, I'll enjoy my wine. Or, like, I'll enjoy my margarita. <laughs> and I'm like, where's the, where's the rage? I'm a and, mom now, Joey. I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't hang the way I used to. And I don't even think me I neither. hung back then, you know. I just can't. I can't do it like that. I'm going to yeah, barf all day the next day. <laughs> I have right. no, like, I feel like I got it out of my system, you know. All I the, think I did, too. Yeah, which is good. You know, I'm glad we did that. But um, it does make you a little bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember those. It days. makes Danny sad because you want to know what? Like Danny was never a drinker yeah. until like now he's actually starting to be able to like drink beer more or like yeah. being like I want to I want to have a drink or whatever. And so now he's like I want to go to a bar, but I have like a five month old, so yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't take I her into a bar. It makes me so sad. There's, yeah, there's a few things we just can't do now. No. Nope. Yeah, I can't hang anyways. Yeah, me either. All right. <laughs> okay, Sunny, you want to do the uh, opening message? Do the intro. Yeah. <laughs> She's like facing the other way now. <laughs> She's like, whatever, mom's responsibility. <laughs> She's like, I'll do my own thing. Well, sorry about the uh, the baby yelling in the background, but um, we're just going to roll with the punches today. It's been a chaotic week. <laughs> but uh, welcome yes. to the Two Ghouls Podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Katie. <laughs> um, if you're new here, we're two cousins this time, looking to read yes. our weekly listeners some scary true stories surrounding horrifying paranormal experiences or real-life run-ins. In short, we are weekly source of scared shitless. If being utterly petrified by fear is your thing, you've come to the right place. And if you're returning, hello again, ghoul friend. We're so glad that you mm-hmm. decided to come back for more disturbingly good content. It sounds like we've got a good relationship going here. We hope that if you're enjoying our content, you'll help to sustain future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by becoming a monthly patron of this podcast for your choice of $0.99, cent, $4.99, or 
Whichever price you choose, your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes, interesting guests, greater quality, and more. You can find the link to that in the description of this live or by visiting the link on my Instagram account at hello.spooky. Yes. Yes. Your turn. <laughs> uh, disclaimer. We are extremely aware of the fact that we are discussing real life instances with real people. It is something that we are very sensitive to. Please understand our commitment to respecting the human beings involved in these stories. If commenting or interacting with an episode of our social media, slander of any kind regarding the people, whether they be anonymous anonymous or not, will not be tolerated. Keep your opinions respectful or don't share them at all. It's that, it's that simple. simple. <laughs> um. If descriptive, supposedly true stories centering around gory real-life topics, paranormal encounters, and or anything surrounding extremely descriptive true narratives involving terror, murders, sexual interactions, mental health, anything violent or potentially cruel in nature, we suggest that you get the fuck out. Get out. This podcast is not for you, and you have been warned. And also in that trigger warning, this includes drug use. Oh, yeah. Big time. (laughs) Speaking of that, yeah, I want to go over like a little bit of what we're going to be covering today. It's going to involve all drugs. That's it. Like all drugs. Lots of uh, probably sexual themes because, you know, when you get high, you might be a little bit fun and buzzy. And there's (laughs) some um, interesting stories. And uh, yeah, so heavy, heavy, heavy trigger warning on that one. Yeah, for sure. My baby is like wild and out in the background. She's, She's like exactly falling right. backwards. <laughs> oh my God. It's been a really long week, guys. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's for me, too. Yeah, How was your party, though? Oh, it was fun. Also, Good. I just realized I said it's been a long week, but it's like Monday. I totally meant like this whole week. The week before. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like just today was stressful. <laughs> yeah. Like this past week was like, it was just, it. Never at any point was it, like, unpleasant. It was just a lot. It was just a fucking lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) Where did you guys go trick-or-treating? Did you go in your neighborhood or did you go? We went, like, our neighborhood doesn't really have sidewalks, so I didn't feel comfortable doing that. So we just went in, like, my mom's neighborhood, which Mm. was perfect. Like, River Mm -hmm. literally filled up her candy bag to the top. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yes. Oh. oh, my God. And I finally got to see one of those, like, I don't know if you've seen them, but, like, Spirit Halloween, they sell these, like, hologram type things. <gasps> yes, I have. I, I got have to see one. one in person. Really? Yes, I actually and it was a had witch. one of those. That's so cool. My dad has one that he gave me, and it's, like, you put up, like, an opaque sheet. And it looks yes. like it's right there. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I have one. And we didn't get to use it this year. But those things are so real looking. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Like, it was a witch. And she was, like, brewing up a spell. Oh, and River was that. just like, let's go watch the witch movie. Like, she didn't even care <laughs> about, so like, cute. going to go get the candy. She's just like, let's go watch I the witch movie. stand here and watch this. That's so cute. And she did. <laughs> It was yeah, pretty we good. We had a good time. We, I don't know why, but we went trick-or-treating. Yeah, I say that because we have a baby baby. Like, she can't really <laughs> eat candy. She has eight teeth. <laughs> so uh, she can she can chew little bits of stuff. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, 
But I was like, it's for the experience. And we spent all this time working on her costume. And I had this big idea that we were going to just take her in a wagon. And it kind of ended up being not that fun. But it did remind me of like oh, no. times when, <laughs> you know, like you're walking around as a kid trick-or-treating and you get a bunch of blisters from walking yes. so much. That's what happened. One, her costume was so cute. Oh, thank you. It took forever to make too much time too much time i was finishing danny's costume literally right up until the hour that we left oh my god yeah because i was jack river was zero arrow was sally and danny was oogie boogie oh my god so i was fucking gluing bugs to a t-shirt did you get pictures i want to see some. no (laughs) what the fuck it was so. It was so stressful. I didn't no. get pictures. That's me though. <laughs> I think I took like only pictures of Sunny, and like none of anybody else. And I was like, I have pictures of River in her costume and of Arrow in her costume, but I did not take any last night. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. Whoopsie. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will jump back into it. Yes. So, Samantha, you are going first. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, I'm going to pull up my... I'm I'm also looking on my phone because I need glasses. I don't have glasses. So, I... Pardon me if I'm looking down or if it looks like I'm looking down. I'm just looking at my phone to be able to read the story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, my first story... It is from the subreddit um, Bad Trip Tales. Mm. And the title is called Fuck Bugs, Man. And it's by user Brian underscore M15. And it goes, so here's my tale. Mind you, I'm diagnosed bipolar. This is important to the story. It was either a Friday or Saturday night, but I took two gel tabs. I've come to find out that this probably means acid, Mm. um, just based on, like, research. Okay. Everything was going fine. Was very overwhelmed, so I had to get a trip sitter for a while. The trip was normal until I was in the kitchen, sitting on the floor. And mind you, I have a weird textured tile, so the very intense visuals were creating very lifelike structures. But all of a sudden, these structures turned into maggots. Terrified the shit out of me. So I had to get and run into my living room where there was carpet. After that, it was still terrifying, but there weren't any bugs then. I then randomly went into my room to fix the Wi-Fi because it wasn't working. But I got stuck in my room, which is where Mm. the Wi-Fi stuff is. Mind you, it's pretty dark in there, so I was seeing these glowing elves with glowing eyes that decided to do this crazy light show that had crazy, weird buzzing noises with it. After my sitter found me, we went back to the living room. Things were going good again until the whole room had glowing crosses, going glowing gold crosses everywhere. I was so confused. Um... Knowing I'm not into Christianity and stuff, it shifted to this demonic sigil writing everywhere. Like it was in the air and everything. Depending on my mood at the time, it was shifting from the golden crosses back to the demonic writing. Mm. After a while of this, I lost every sense of reality. 
I thought that my my trip sitter and I were the only ones trapped in this parallel dimension and we had no way out. I apparently wanted to leave the house and go running, which they told me no. So I started getting aggressive. Later on, the hallucinations of bugs began again. There were scorpions, spiders, ants, and maggots everywhere. Fuck that. I was so terrified. Mm-hmm. I started to jump and swat everything off of me. And then I started to get so aggressive that I was hitting myself and started saying random nonsense. There, um, there is when my sitter had to call 911 because they didn't know what was... They didn't know what I was going to do. The paramedics came, and I apparently started to fight them. And it took six of them to officially tie me down and sedate me. Holy shit. Wow. Um, I had no recollection after this, but I heard stories. I started to bite the nurses at the hospital and broke free of my restraints a few times, realizing now that I had a psychotic break. From it, and even days after, I was still in this realm of psychosis. Oh Moral of the story: test your supply and make sure you don't have any history of serious mental illness before taking drugs. That shit is crazy. That I'm was insane. Curious, what the hell kind of drug he was on? I know you said probably LSD, but like for yeah. days he was like tripping stuff. Well, and I know like. Okay, so uh, from what I've seen based on the research that I've done is that, like, the gel tab type thing is Uh typically used in correspondence to acid or, like, a term used for acid. But this this person made sure to specify in the beginning of the story that he, I'm assuming because his username is is Brian, so I'm just going to say he for the sake of it, um, that he was bipolar, so it was almost like that trip caused a mental break and like a psychosis oh that continued to last for days. Mm. Mm. Oh my but like seeing scorpions and spiders and maggots oh, everywhere. I'm oh good. my God. I'm good. I'm good. And to be honest, that's not the first time that I've heard somebody say that during a bad trip, they were seeing a bunch of bugs. Yeah, I've heard this, too. I've heard people say that cockroaches get all over them and, like, crawl up their back and they can't stop it. I mean, on, like, different, like, hallucinogenics, things like yeah. that. Yeah. A lot of times see bugs. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll pass. All right. Let me jump into mine. Let's see what we got here. Um, so I did a little bit more research than I was, like, intending, um, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> And I just, I just want you to hear like this, this shit that I got to show you. It's crazy. I'm going to be jumping in and out of sharing my screen and stuff too. So I do want to say that, um, Brenna said, hi guys. It took me forever to sign in so that I could comment, but I've been listening. Hi Brenna. Hi Brenna. Hi. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. All right. So this first story is about a drug called desamorphine. Or, as its more dangerous name, crocodile. Crocodile. I think I'm saying it right. I asked Joey. He's he's the one who... Let me just say, we don't take these drugs, but Joey is very, yeah, very, no. like... He knows all about this stuff. I don't know why. It's interesting. Don't. It's so interesting. <laughs> and, like, now I get it. Because I was, like, delving into this. And I was like, holy shit. This shit's crazy. Yeah. But, um... 
All right, so before delving into desimorphine, also known as crocodile, let's talk about heroin. I won't go oh into the heavier details of heroin, but let's listen to someone who was once a user of heroin and his experience with what it's like to be high on heroin. We'll come back to why I share this information with you guys later on. So let me jump over to sharing my screen with you guys because I really want to show you this. Hold on. Let's see. Let's take a look-see. So this is like the perspective of someone that's high on heroin and what that feels like? Well, no. It's actually just like... um, a person who has been high on it before, he's giving his recount of, like, what it was like. And he's very thorough. I enjoy this guy. He ends up popping up a lot more, even on the second drug that I'm talking about. This guy's done... Okay, here we go. The most dangerous downer that I ever... Let me ask you, can you hear it? Yes, it's very loud. (laughs) But it's okay. ...experienced, uh, because I loved it, even though I'm not a downer person of heroin um my second favorite drug uh and i didn't use it for very long which is crazy i used it for four months and uh the reason i didn't use it for very long is because it in another video is it was never enough until i was overdosing like heroin has a weird way and i always knew it's dangerous and you can overdose and i would prepare my dose and go into it knowing i would actually test the pure of it by doing a very small amount and saying, all right, this is what this feels like. Okay. Uh, but whenever I got three of those and got what would be like a heavy dose, I always wanted, wanted more. And it's weird with heroin is it makes everything less important, even your own life. And the only thing that's important is reaching a certain level where you're content with how high you, you know, out there you are. Uh, and for me, I was never content until I was basically on the edge of death. Like I was nodding out, barely able to breathe. Then I loved it. I fucking loved it. Uh, what was the experience of it like when I was at that near death state? Um, heroin is fucking, I want to say it's not psychedelic and it's not a psychotic, but it's a, uh, visionary substance, which was so weird because nobody ever told me that like going into heroin i thought it was just something that made you really relaxed and when people are nodding out i thought they were just kind of like falling asleep or feeling really chill but you actually when you're nodding out especially on heroin more so than with oxycontin or any of the other opiates i would go into like visionary states and like see things that made perfect fucking sense to me like a fucking like I'd be like uh, in Egypt on like something, some like one of those Egyptian buildings with a bunch of mimes that were morphing, and then they gave me some secret to reality, and it made perfect sense. And then I come out of the nod, and I, I would forget it. Like it made perfect sense. I knew the secret to life. I knew it told me, and then I nod out, and I forgot. I'd be like, God damn it, I forgot. And then I nod back into another like kind of like dreaming waking consciousness state where you're like dreaming awake but the dreams are like really bizarre but at the same time you love them you feel like so at peace with everything like it's the most peaceful feeling in the world the most relaxing feeling in the world that i've ever encountered and that's at like the high overdose state that i enjoyed uh where i started liking heroin and that's my addictive personality uh, I'm a professional. I was a professional addict. Everything I did, I did to the extreme. 
uh, if there was a degree for addiction, I'd probably be an MD uh, for my level of experimentation and how far I would take myself with every substance. Uh, but for like, let's talk about, you know, the lower doses of heroin. Uh, uh, it felt like to me uh, to describe it to somebody who never has done it before at a low dose. It's like the most cozy feeling you ever felt in your life. So it's like that uh, it's raining outside and, you know, you get, it gives you that cozy feeling of being a, or you get in, it's cold outside, then you get into a warm room and it's raining and you feel all cozy and you wrap yourself in a blanket and uh, you have like, you know, whatever, whatever's soothing to you for everybody is different, but you just have that soothing thing going down. It could be the bowl of soup or whatever, you know, warm soup or whatever for certain people. I mean, for everyone it's different, but it's like that cozy feeling but really amplified and you just feel really cozy and really at peace and really comfortable and really relaxed. Uh, and uh, heroin as opposed to other opiates, I know they call oxycodone or oxycotton synthetic heroin, but, uh, and uh, they say Vicodin and all those are like heroin, but really heroin had a unique effect in that it was just very downer. Uh, opiate, whereas Vicodin and Oxycodone and uh, all the other opiates I experienced, Darvacet, all those, they kind of made me more up than heroin. Heroin was very natural feeling, very relaxing, very chill. That's pretty much it on that part. That is so interesting. So, I know. I watched that video probably three times because I oh just thought, gosh. wow, this guy is so descriptive. And he, he tells every drug like that. Like, he explains it all very descriptively. And I was like... That's so interesting. Yo, heroin sounds nice. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, sad it's, because I, it does sound you know, nice. I've heard that, like, heroin is a drug that a lot of people with, like... um that that they have trauma Mm. like uh, like really severe trauma like in their childhood or um like growing up or they've been in like abusive relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's an easy drug for people to turn to i mean if you could imagine he explained it as like it it just makes you feel cozier than Mm -hmm. the coziest experience that you can imagine yeah Imagine someone that has like PTSD or that has like oh, um, yeah. like some sort of violent trauma and they're they have really severe ang- anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. Imagine feeling like you're, you know, like on top of the world and just calm. Mm-hmm. I can see why it would be really easy for people oh, to get yeah. addicted to that. Yep. So I thought that was a wonderful description, but the reason why I'm sharing it is because Desimorphine and heroin are pretty similar. They're pretty synonymous with each other. A lot of the same feelings on both of them. And I couldn't find a description of what crocodile feels like to people, but they do say it's like heroin. So I checked that out and I thought that was wonderful description. So yeah, that's kind of what we're working with here. Um, So now that we have an understanding from someone who's used heroin before on what it's like, let's delve into the horrible drug called Desimorphine, or as it's known by its more popular name, crocodile, spelt K-R-O-K-O-D-I-L. Crocodile and desimorphine was once used, or actually, uh, 
correction, and I figured this out later, I'll explain more about it, but desimorphine was once used in medicinal practices in Switzerland, the U.S., and Russia as a high-dose, fast-acting pain reliever. Don't get it confused with regular morphine, though. Regular morphine doesn't even hold a candle to the intense, quickly-spreading wildfire that is desimorphine, as it is known to be ten times the potency of regular morphine. Ten times. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Causing you to fall into a very heavy, sedative state and experience full-bodied, all-encompassing sense of relaxation. Sounds kind of nice. But uh, I'm good. (laughs) But like also I've gotten morphine at the hospital once because Mm. I was sick and it made me puke. So 10 times that, I don't know. An itch. I do. I I can remember being on. uh, What was I on? I think I was on oxycodone. And I don't remember anything other than just feeling miserable. I don't remember actually enjoying it or anything. Yeah. Um, I was on morphine and it made me itch like crazy right after my C-section. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad stuff. Not yep. fun. But, um, yeah. Uh, let's hear about Crocodile from a medical professional, which he's going to go more into Crocodile and Desimorphine. Crocodile, I guess I should explain now, since there's probably some confusion around why I keep trying to correct myself. Um, crocodile is technically Desimorphine, but it is a homemade version of it. Right. Made out of gasoline and um, paint thinner and oh my codeine and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, crocodile is the homemade version. Desimorphine is the once used like medical like version. Pharma- medical, pharmaceutical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me jump over. Sorry if I am. While you pull this video up, I'm going to turn on a light behind me so it doesn't get too it. dark. I'm going to hopefully pull this up as quick as I can. I don't know. Get out of It's going to work. Okay, let's see. Okay, sorry, I just didn't want it to get too Oh, dark. you're fine, no stress. All right, I don't know what it's sharing right now. <laughs> I don't see anything yet. Shoot. All right, web extra. Brenna said, heroin is awful for people, though, unfortunately, super addictive. I know it destroys people's lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sad. I mean, oh. I've had people that I went to school with die from overdoses mm. of heroin specifically. Mm. It's awful. It's really sad. But when he explains it like that, you're almost kind of like, wow, I kind of understand. Intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm like, I, you know, disclaimer, guys, you know, this stuff sounds great. But I mean, you can see what it does to people. Awful, mm-hmm. awful, awful. It's awful. All right, is it sharing? Do you see any? Yeah. <laughs> this is a new program, guys. Um, it's super not up my alley right now. <laughs> not a fan of Apologize this. for it. We were trying to do something that was like, yeah. ooh, professional. But it's not yeah. professional now, when it doesn't work. Now I'm just pissed. <laughs> All right, is it working now? Uh, normally I try to give it a second. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Okay. Hopefully I don't blow your eardrums out. (laughs) It's all right. Do it. (laughs) Crocodile is a very old drug. It was synthesized nearly 100 years ago by a pharmaceutical company in Switzerland, Roche Pharmaceuticals. They were trying to find a better morphine, a drug that would have the pain-relieving effects of morphine but would be less addictive. 
turns out after it was studied for a sufficient period of time, it probably had more addictive properties than morphine, mostly because it comes on real fast and it goes away real fast. So it provides a real rush for individuals. So its therapeutic potential was really never very good, though it was used both in Switzerland and in Russia as a pain-relieving drug because it shares with morphine and codeine and heroin and oxycodone and oxymorphone and all these opioids the same properties. It relieves pain, produces sedation, produces constipation. That can be a side effect. That can be a good effect. But it also has abuse liability. And if you take it repeatedly, physical dependence develops and tolerance develops. So it was initiated as something better than morphine, but probably turns out to be something that's even worse than morphine. It's about 10 times more potent than morphine. So it was used on the market in both Switzerland and the Soviet Union and Russia at the time and was subsequently discontinued because the addictive properties became well known. A major problem with it and why it exists as a major problem today is not just because it's an opioid. We have lots of opioids. We have lots of problems with opioids. The unique feature of this one is it's super easy to make. And even somebody with a basic understanding of chemistry can take a molecule that's easier to get their hands on and turn it into crocodile. And that molecule is codeine. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Oh, yeah. That um, last part. That's scary. It's horrifying. And all, yeah, all it takes is paint thinner, codeine, and gasoline, and like two other really dangerous. Oh, my and gosh. That's about it. And you can make it at home. As long as you filter it out, you're not going to have any real bad, bad side effects. Um, but well, the thing and then, is, like how he's talking about how it's like it, um, like it comes up really quick and it comes down really quick. Mm-hmm. That almost sounds like ketamine. I've heard yeah. stories about people doing like ketamine. Mm-hmm. I've never been exposed to anything like that, but I've heard that same sort of thing for that drug. And it's just like it brings you up, and then you see people like knock out, nod out, mm-hmm. and then ten minutes later they're fine, good to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, it's amazing how all of these drugs, all these dangerous drugs, they're usually made by people that can't get their hands on it medicinally. Yeah. And, and uh, see, that's reason. the thing that makes it scary. Like, getting yes. that sort of stuff off the street, you don't know what exactly it is that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what we're working with here. Fun, fun. Oh, gosh. Um, in 1932, it was banned from the U.S., and in 1981, it was officially banned from all three countries of Switzerland, the U.S., and Russia, partially oh, wow. because it was noted to not last long as regular morphine. Um, it only lasts, like, at most, like, two hours. And so oh, wow. it, you, you spend 30 minutes making it, like, actual crocodile or desimorphine in your house, and then you get high for, like, an hour and 30, two hours at the most. And then by the time you're done being high, you got to make it all over again. So this ends up becoming like a full-time job. If you're going to be an addict right. to crocodile or desimorphine, you're, you're signing up for like a life of just cooking and getting high. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable, you know. Some weird like vicious cycle type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, earlier, I showed a video of, wait a minute, I need to go back. it was banned primarily because of its high risk of respiratory depression hypotension and urinary retention of course somebody figured out a way around this though earlier i showed a video of a past user explaining what it's like to be on heroin the fall of the soviet union in 1991 led to an epidemic of depression in european countries 
Noticeably, there was a spike in heroin overdose cases and usings within the countries around this time. But as addicts go, they use and they use and they use until they have nothing left to give for their drug of choice. People were running out of money keeping up their addictions to heroin highs. Heroin and desimorphine have similar highs, so while crocodile was even more lethal than heroin, it was simply the cheapest alternative to answer financial roadblocks. Um, yeah. So literally people are like, oh, I gotta get high, I don't have any money. Let's right. go to gasoline. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, and that's go. like how like yeah. the crack ep- epidemic started in mm-hmm. this country is because like crack's like super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenna said, Danny said that it's like meth. Mm. And, like, how it's easy to make. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I'm reading a story about meth later on. Oh, so there you I'm, go. <laughs> share more about that one. Um, let's see. In between the years of 2002 and 2003, regular users of morphine longing for a better high figured out a way to DIY their own crocodile uh, desimorphine. Using codeine. Bad idea. <laughs> like, how did you figure this out? Using codeine, which you can legally, legally buy, we were just talking about this, in Russia mm-hmm. and surrounding European countries for a mere two pounds in a pharmacy wow. as opposed to 20 to 60 pounds for just a regular dose of heroin, the sister drug. So stupidly wow. cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really cheap. <laughs> now, I don't know if you can, I don't think you can get codeine over here. In Not without a prescription. I didn't think so. But yeah. Yeah. They have yeah, like you can literally just like COVID. buy it. Oh, really? That's insane. That's great. Yeah, they have like cough medicine with codeine and stuff, but you have to I have a prescription that. for it. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think you can do it in America. Danny Danny would know, I guess. Danny, it's a friend of Danny because <laughs> he works at a <laughs> pharmacy. I'd be curious. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hydrochloric acid, um, codeine, iodine, red phosphorus, gasoline, yes, gasoline, and paint thinner. The entire process mm. to make the drug takes roughly 30 minutes if you're filtering it properly, and the high only lasts between an hour and a half to two hours at most, making being an addict to the drug, like I said, a full-time job between constantly needing to cook it, inject it, and be high with it. Oh um, yeah, this video is crazy. I was telling you I couldn't find any videos about what it's like to be high on crocodile, crocodile yeah. but like this woman... Hold on. But, um, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, this woman is, she's, she's like, oh, I've watched all my friends die because of it. Like, all the people that I was doing drugs with, I've buried oh them. Um, she's like, but I still make my own, you know, I still like getting high. I have to. It's, it's, it's a way of life for me. She's like, the experience oh that you have while being on this drug is like no other. And um, it that's the thing about life. these things. Yes. I mean, it's just it's really upsetting if she's like, saying like everybody i know is has like died from it mm-hmm. but i'm still doing it like oh my gosh yep. i can't imagine that type of like something has that type of grip around you yes. that you can't let it go yes but i mean they experience life on a level that is not normal to be experienced you know yeah oh let me cut this off hate this system not a fan right now um but yeah and so they're like what's even the point in living life anymore without this drug right and that's like how the guy was saying earlier when he was talking about his experiences on heroin 
And he was just like, you know, you get into these nods and you have all the answers to life. And then you come back from nodding off and you don't remember any of it. And then you come back to the real world and you're just like, what is this? Like, I, that only like fuels the fire more, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, screen sharing. I see it now. All right. This is a crazy video. It's about three minutes long. Um, It's by Time Magazine. Can you hear it? Yes. Okay. Well, first, the memory is absolutely fundamental. The teeth, the teeth are falling out. 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 Шатает, мотает. Но все равно это я Это уже не привычка у меня, это уже образ жизни. Уже все. Уже как бы обратного пути нету. I just want to like put an audio over this because I know we might have some audio only listeners, but basically the, the interview was saying that she does crocodile for so long or does desomorphine for so long. She makes it herself and she doesn't see any other way of living other than life with desomorphine constantly in her system. Um, right. And then she it goes on to drug. say, yeah, no, it's a way of life for her, yeah. which makes sense to me. Um, it just makes sense. I feel like if you're experiencing a high in that in that way to feel that much mm-hmm. dopamine at that time or all the time is why would you want to live any other way? You know? Well, if you were to come back down off of such a high, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine how depressing that has to oh, be. Oh yeah. Because like oh, yeah. you've gone over the limit of like dopamine intake that you can get. So when you right. come down, you're going down that far too. Mm-hmm. You're going oh, under yeah. the bottomest level. Mm-hmm. Agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that the guy that we were listening to earlier says in another video, he's like what what goes up must come down he's like and really really down like if you're really mm-hmm. high up like you just said he's like you gotta come really far down crashing um, down oh, oh my gosh unbelievable so he's sad like, so depressing yeah so yep i mean they have no other way to really live at that point right they gotta keep going sucks and it's gotta um, be anyway. scary to crash like that too yes. because you go from being like oh, yeah. so op- optimistic and so mm-hmm. happy then to just like I can only imagine, like, wanting to die. Oh, yeah. I know I would. I know I would. I just, I don't think I could ever experience that kind of high. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But this next part says, I'm just going to put it on mute and read this part. But it says, crocodile is a highly addictive drug that can be cooked in any kitchen using ingredients and tools scrounged up from a local pharmacy and hardware store. Um, Let me make sure... At its peak in 2011, crocodile use has spread to as many as a million addicts in Russia. Wow. For the past year, Italian photographer Emmanuel Satoli, sorry if I say his last name wrong, has been documenting a group of crocodile addicts in the Russian city of Yekaterinburg. <laughs> Good job, Katie. That was a hard one. <laughs> 
Zana, which is the name of the uh, um, the attic that we're looking at right now. Zana is one of those attics. And as we go along, I'll pause and read for our audio listeners. Sorry about the spottiness of all of this. just said the high is comparable to heroin the more you shoot up the more of a tolerance you get and what she means by that is like the more tolerance you get the more you got to do and therefore yeah the more you do it the more drugs you have to take the more susceptible you are to overdosing, which... Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, which, interestingly enough, um, the life expectancy of someone who gets into using desimorphine, or crocodile, as it's known, is one to two years. Like, they're literally expected <gasps> to die. Yeah, and I oh don't know if this God. woman's still living. This was back in 2013 that this interview was done. Um, but I'd be interested to know what her life is like now if she's still living. That's crazy crazy that's like a, that's shocking oh that yeah time frame mm-hmm. yeah they're they're pretty much like if you're sitting there shooting up every you know i guess every hour or so yeah you're literally expected to live for like yeah <laughs> yeah so Потом даже работу я пыталась, допустим, найти. Вот физическую работу я не смогу, допустим, раз занесет куда-нибудь. А если умственную работу, допустим, то я долго соображаю. Меня колют, как бы выживают люди, то, что хорошо варю, меня зовут люди варить. Качественно варю за этого, из-за этого я как бы горю. Профессионально варю без всяких последствий, без всего. А те, кто начинал варить, то меня угощают, говорят, ну уже все умерли. Поэтому даже ничего. Сколько друзей похоронило, сколько сколько строков отсидело, ничего не пугает. Все равно Продолжаешь колоться, иначе все ничего не пугает, даже не путем смерти. Просто без него я уже не, не знаю, как жить. Не умею просто жить, меня ничего не радует, ничего, все, все, все раскраски. Вот, не могу ничего совладать, все. Значит, я уже на секрет поставила то, что... Буду потреблять до последнего. That is so sad. Well, and it's like, does she accept the fact that like she can't live without this drug, or does she accept the fact that she's gonna die, or is it both? That is a really good thought. Can you imagine being on this drug and being like, yeah, I know I'm gonna die. I can't. Anything else matters. I just, it's so upsetting. Ugh. 
know. Yeah, I can't. I can't even really wrap my head around it, just because I've never had the urge to do any mm-hmm. sort of heavy drug, anything even remotely close to that. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I just. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I I can't wrap my brain around it of how that has to feel like. Um, to feel like you can't live without something and, um, to, it's almost like people could potentially use it as like an antidepressant. Yeah. And then when you start to come down, it's like, you're really down. Mm-hmm. Yep. I oh know. my gosh. Oh my God. Just awful. Um, Brenna said after being that high up, even being normal feels depressing. I was going to say that. Yeah. I feel like even if feeling like what you feel like right now, like just completely normal, you'd be like, mm-hmm. well, that's not good enough. Cause you know, there's something else out there that could give right. you that high. You just know. Well, and then like my brain keeps coming back to like what the, the first guy who was talking about his experience on heroin when he's just like, you know, you have these experiences where you have like all of the world's secrets. Mm, if you yeah. feel like you have all of the answers to everything and then you come back down to being normal, you go from like being God tier back down to yes. being mortal. And yes. the difference between there is just like, why? Like, why would you want to not be always like exactly. that? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then the, the, I'm sure the, the, um, the detox is incredibly difficult. I'm sure oh it's gosh, exactly like heroin in some way or another, you know, coming yeah, down I'm and sure the chills and the like shakings and not even the mental side of it. It's just the physical side. I'm sure alone you're sick. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, as of June of 2013, a few hundred thousand to a million people are currently using it. I'm sure over eight years later, that number has likely unfortunately skyrocketed. I was able to find some stats and it's looking like it's usage is for sure in the millions now, which is, Oh my ugh. gosh, people can't afford heroin, which it's not like heroin's any better, but I mean, you know, no, I mean, this drug That's is well so known terrible. For, yes. Um, this drug is well known for its ability to quickly destroy the user's mind and body, even after only a few uses with some DIY users of this drug, often due to the carelessness in how well they filter the concoction, they can unknowingly leave high doses of the more dangerous chemicals in the mixture, causing the user's skin to break out in huge, dark green, scaly scabs and bumpy skins, similar to that of the reptile, the crocodile, giving the drug its famous name. Yeah. Desimorphine crocodile is known as the cannibal heroin, not because the users become cannibal, but because the drug literally will eat away at your skin from the inside out. It can cause users to be hospitalized due to the need of amputation and or nasty infection and even death due to these injuries. Um, I'm going to show some pictures, but in the meantime, give me a second. Let me share my This is what I've heard about this specific drug. That's, I haven't heard like all of the details that you were showing with the videos. I have just seen like the pictures where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty gruesome. Oh, it's I've never heard like the, the back story, like the back end of these sort of things. It makes more sense why people would even be willing to do something like that with the. Oh yeah. These are the gnarly, gnarly, gnarly pictures. I don't know if it's showing. Yeah, it is. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, God. I know. And this one really fucked me up. Yeah. Oh it's just like God. your 
your Ugh. skin, your muscle, everything is just rotting the bone. off. bone. It's, it's literally showing. <gasps> I thought that that was a piece of her skin no, for one second. Bone. That's the bone. That's her bone showing. Oh, my gosh. This is someone else's skin, like reptilian. Ugh. I have tyrophobia or trypophobia, which is the oh, fear of, like, small uh, holes. Holes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so this, like, triggers me. But, um, Ooh, yeah, crocodile is like... more than just the skin shit. It's it's a whole beast. Well, and you can really see how it's not like a scab that somebody has been, like, scratching at. No. This is literally coming from the inside out, especially with this picture infection. that you're showing right now with the, mm-hmm. with the lady in the yellow shirt. Mm-hmm. You can really tell in this picture that it's literally coming from the inside out. This is not mm-hmm. something that's self-inflicted, like somebody mm-hmm. got a... A, a cut or a scrape and they itched it until there was staph infection. Right. That is something that is coming from the inside out. Right. Your body's literally rotting away. It's eating itself alive. That's why they yeah. call it, what did I say? Uh, cannibal heroin. Yeah. Uh, insane. Oh, oh my gosh. Behind me. Average life expectancy, like I said earlier, of an addicted person to desamorphine is one to two years. It's also highly addictive and extremely difficult, near impossible to get off once you're on it. Interestingly enough, I wasn't able to find any real first-hand experiences via Reddit, and I'm assuming due to the lack of people still around after trying it. Oh. You know? Probably. So, that's a sad way to end that's it. That's crazy, because that is such a short alive. window. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they know it. They know they're going to die. Shit's mm. crazy. That's mm. scary. Yeah. So that's crap. And, and then the, they're just okay with it. Yeah. I know. It's insane to me. So that's my. I don't know. I just story. can't wrap my brain around that. Is that not just like the most chilling? Like I've, I was thinking yeah, about that all day. Yeah. It's so hard to wrap my brain. Oh my God. We did that at the same time. We're just <laughs> We're like- I can't wrap my brain around that. And I guess, thank- thankfully, I guess, because mm-hmm. I, I've i just never had any sort of experience of wanting to or doing any sort of heavy drug that mm-hmm. even closely resembles heroin or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. So then to have it t- be taken even further, I just, it's crazy. And it's just so sad. I feel terrible for people that feel like mm-hmm. that's how what they have to do to be mm-hmm. able to survive. I know. Imagine the pain that they were feeling before that. Yeah, exactly. There's no no happy person does this shit. No. No. There's got to be some sort of trauma there. Yeah. Um. Do you mind if I run to the bathroom really quick and then I will do my take a break? uh, I'm gonna read comments. See what's okay. Do that. I will be right back and then I'll do my second one. It's good. Hey, Joey. See if I can get some more wino. I'm going to check up on comments, see how everybody's doing. See, we got two people watching. Hello, hello. It's really hot in my house. What did you guys think about that drug? Wasn't that just like the most insane thing you've ever heard? Heroin's literally too expensive, so they got to jump onto a drug that involves... Gasoline and paint thinners. It's insane. Mm. 
Mm. I just read Brenna's comment. She looked up an update on the video of those people from 2013, and in 2016, time went back to go and visit with these same. Of the 10 people photographed and interviewed, three of them were okay. dead and four had disappeared. Coming oh, you're back. Uh, coming out of the bathroom, I scared the shit out of one of the cats, and she just <laughs> took off. She was freaking out. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> um, Brenna said, I was just telling everyone, they, uh, she said she had checked up on a video to see if Time Magazine had gone back to visit with these people. And uh-huh. she said... Ten people photographed and interviewed. Three of them were dead, and four had disappeared. Oh, wow. So, I don't know if that included the one woman that we were just watching, but... So, basically, seven out of ten. Yeah. Don't know. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, that... I that whole thing you did really great research. Oh, thank you did really oh, good. I was <laughs> too much into that. I feel like that's gonna bother me for like the next month. It's just so sad. Mm-hmm. I know. All right, so I'm gonna pull up my next one again. I'm looking at my phone because I need glasses, okay. so looking at the computer screen is a little difficult. So, um, this again is from the subreddit, um, Bad Trip Tales. And this is by user F. Fabby. And the title is, Okay, Sure, Here's Mine. So, like, his bad trip tale. First time telling this story on Reddit, but I might cross-post it also. A friend, Joe, and I dropped two tabs each of acid. Mm. Probably 25-I. I'm assuming that this has something to do with dosage. Um... I I don't know anything about, like, dosages when it comes to this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. At another friend, Bob's house, we were, like, 18. Bob was not tripping, but was just hanging out, smoking weed, and playing playful music for us. It was late when we dropped. Already very dark outside. About an hour in, I'm ridiculously high, but staying relaxed... I look over at Joe, and it's clear that he's having a bad time. Mm. Uh, I ask if he's all right, and he spits out with fear and terror in his eyes. Drugs are bad. Mm. I'm trying to engage him and calm him down when he walks over to the ground-level window, leans out. At first, I thought he was going to vomit. I figured that I'd let him puke and get it out of his system. Suddenly... He grabs the sides of the window frame and lunges out face first for literally no reason at all. What the hell? It was <laughs> it was only six feet or so to fall and cushioned by snow, but it looked like it Still, hurt. Still. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he lies there face down in the snow for maybe 20 seconds. Me and Bob look out the window wondering what just happened before calling out to him to get the fuck back inside. <laughs> he stands up and looks around before climbing up back inside through the window into the house. He's all cut up and bleeding on his face and his arms. Oh. At this point, I have it in my mind that Joe is seriously hurt and needs an ambulance. But it was just me being high. It was always clear to sober Bob that he was totally fine. So logically, at this point, I take out my phone and I fucking call 911. 
Definitely not my brightest move. Suddenly, I realize I'm not the one that should be making the call, and I just hand the phone off to Sober Bob, who <laughs> thankfully tells them that nothing is wrong and that he just accidentally called. He tries to assure me that Joe is totally fine physically. Y'all are just tripping. But I don't think I comprehend still. Joe starts getting crazier, rolling around, speaking gibberish, tearing shit off of the walls. I don't remember all of the details, but I know a few minor things in Bob's room got broken. Mm. Bob leaves the room for a moment to get some water or something. And then all of a sudden, for no reason at all, Joe jumps on top of me aggressively like he is attacking me. I don't think that he hit me at all or even hurt me. But he is on top of me for a few seconds, and we have a brief scuffle before I totally scream, help, 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 he's going to kill me. Oh, my God. This kind of snapped him out of it, and he got off of me, but the damage was already done. Bob rushed back into the room, followed shortly by his mom, brother, and younger sister, who was like 11 or so, way too young to see this kind of stuff. Oh, standing at every doorway with their mouths open in total disbelief as Joe is doing somersaults all over the floor, spitting all over himself. Yeah, I had just woken up Bob's entire family. Joe sits up and says point blank to the mom, I want to fuck you. Whoa. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. She's a very sweet woman. I'm not going to say the next part because I think it's kind of mean. It's, it's not relevant, even though the person likes to say that they, that it is. The mom was pretty cool about the situation and put the kids to bed after making sure that everyone was okay. Joe must've stopped being violent, but was still doing weird stuff for a while. When we decided that he was calm enough to bring home, we walked him home very close. It was like a two minute walk while coaching him. Don't talk to your parents. If they're awake, just go straight to your room. We wait across the street to make sure he gets inside okay. He stands on the porch for about a minute looking confused. And then he starts yelling at his house. Mom, mom, are you there? Luckily, he didn't wake his parents up before we helped him open the door. Apparently, the rest of his night was uneventful. And me and Bob hung out for a while also uneventfully. So, yes, mistakes were made. I'm much more experienced now and I've handled bad trips since with much more finesse. Mm. But I'll never forget this. That shit's crazy. He was scared that his friend was going to literally kill him. I don't think, I don't even know what I would do if I had a friend do that to me because I feel like I would probably end up like subconsciously like writing them off. I'd be like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm done. But like, it's not them. That's not them, you know? Yeah, even if they were, like, so far gone, it's just like, listen, if you're willing to get on top of me and look me in the eyes with that crazy face where I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to kill me. Believable. Yeah. I don't think I would ever, like, hang out ever again. (laughs) I don't. I think I would be good. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I would go back and forth with myself about, like, whether or not they meant it or not. But that shit is so scary. It makes me think of, like, sober mind, or what is it? Like, sober mind, fake mind, and then, like drunk mind or yeah something like, like that <laughs> so i don't know like pe- when people are like under the influence it feels like they're being more real because there's no filter yeah it's just like um 
like truth serum type. Yes, thing. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah I almost feel like, like my brain would go in that realm, and I'd be like trying to battle myself about it because I feel like you can be so fucked up you don't know what's going on. But right, and like when I was reading that story, I was thinking about okay, so like he got on top of his friend mm-hmm. and is looking like he wants to kill him, even though he didn't like the friend didn't remember him hurting him mm-hmm. but it's like what is going through his mind when his mind is being altered by drugs and then mm-hmm. also the friend that's being sat on top of and worried about like being hurt what's going through that's got to be terrifying i don't even know that's just not crazy, only do you dude. feel like you're about to be killed but you're also tripping mm-hmm. oh Can you imagine gosh. that i'm like that I'm one was just a, a little crazy already <laughs> <laughs> please get off see and this is why i could never do drugs like that no, absolutely not. I know for a fact I can't do it because no, I can, I can never. I know. I just know I would be just like that. I would be crazy. I would be I would have a bad trip. Oh yeah. I, that, you know, <laughs> I feel like I read this somewhere, but it's like if you know you're going to have a bad trip, then you're going to have a bad trip. That's what I was Something always like told that. too. Yeah. That's yeah. I I have no urge to do anything like that. Nope. I'm good. I would just be miserable. It sounds nice. Like they make it sound nice. And I'm sure to people who don't have regular anxiety or depression, like it probably is. Yeah. If uh, you have a good trip. Yeah. (laughs) But then you have anxiety and then you take something Mm -hmm. like that and you're just like, I hope I don't have a bad trip. I hope I don't have a bad trip. (laughs) And then you end up having it and you're like, fuck. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Even on weed, dude, sucks. (laughs) Yes. I've heard that plenty of times. Especially, um, like, with edibles and stuff. I've heard a lot of people have, like, yes, trips. Yes, edibles, edibles are so much more of a crisp high, in my opinion. Um, it's just so much more in-depth feeling than it would be to just smoke it. I don't know right. if it's because it's in your actual, You're like, digestive it. system. Yeah, like, it's hitting more right. membranes, possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scary still yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. Um, this next story is going to be about meth. <laughs> um, the meth. So, meth. I want to start off this segment with a video from one of the same people in the videos that we watched earlier in the Desimorphine Crocodile segment. Let me click on it and I will screen share. I said he will explain to us a bit more throughout this section what an addiction to meth and like. Now, this guy specifically notably says meth was my drug of choice like i loved meth it was great and i i honestly have never thought about meth in this way but he makes it sound like absolute bliss and it's freaky um yeah like euphoria yes he's like Mm -hmm. and i've tried ecstasy i've tried like heroin i've tried all of the like more downer drugs or, um, I don't know, methamphetamine, I think he ends up saying is like still an upper. It's not a psychedelic, yeah. but it's like an upper, but it still makes you feel like just incredible. Let me see. Yeah, it's like one of those on top of the world type drugs. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see. Screen share. Where are you? I'm feeling a little bit buzzed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Nobody saw the shot of vodka that I took before. <laughs> no, yeah. I was supposed to take a shot of vodka too, but uh, yeah, I ran out. We don't You're any. the one who, who said, let's Whoa. take a shot. Oh, no, actually, it was Danny. Danny was just like, y'all should take a shot online. 
Sorry, I tried to blame it on you. It wasn't you. I did say it, though. I think Danny was like, oh, Sam. Or I think he told me I should take a shot. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I was like, no, baby, we should do it together. And then I did it. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) And then you're like, "Mm, don't have it. I'm sorry. I don't have any. All right. Where did it go? I just lost it. He's got pretty eyes. I know. He looks like this guy that used to come into my job, and I'm kind of freaked out by it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it is him. Was that guy? Maybe it is him. (laughs) Um, All right. I don't know why I did not put a ending. Let me grab my notebook, because I don't know when I'm supposed to end it. Oh, Oh, like a timestamp? Yeah. What the hell just happened to this? Oh, the screen, like, freaked out for a second. Sorry. And it was just like a bunch of lines on the screen. That was weird. That's weird. Um, let me make sure I know when to stop. I have to stop at 4.16. Okay, so we're going to watch a four-minute video, and then we'll come back to it. Okay. When it's playing, is it, like, freezing every, like, few seconds? Uh, It's a little jumpy, but not to the point where it's, like, unbearable. Okay. Let me make sure closed captions are on. Just so you guys can live it in Russian. <laughs> okay. <What? laughs> this is so random. Auto translate to English. Uh, oh. Okay. Alright, here we go, guys. Or not. What's up, guys? In this video, I'm going to discuss the question that asked because I am a former meth three and a half years of sobriety and the question is very simple what is meth like I think part of the reason I'm asked this question so frequently is simply because of the morbid morbid stories we hear we see we hear it referred to as the devil's drug uh, we say, I mean, there's been interviews where people say it'll take a good man like the kindest man in the world and literally turn him completely the opposite like instinct driven monster essentially you hear horror stories about meth psychosis you see also that show breaking bad uh that caused some people i remember i was watching uh breaking bad with a friend of mine and uh she asked me if i ever done meth and i was like that was my drug of choice and then she asked me well what was it like and you know it's it does such horrible things to people yet people will try it and they'll continue to use it I'm going to talk about the highs and the lows. I'm not going to overly glamorize it, but it is a great high, but it also has really terrible lows. Um, To be honest, to really sum it up, I wouldn't wish meth upon my worst enemy. And I'm a person who experimented with every drug out there from crack, crack to heroin to meth, any addictive narcotic that I've done. And I would say meth is by far the worst drug I've ever done. And the only drug that I regret ever trying to my core completely fully i wish i never fucking knew it existed i wish it never existed on this planet meth is a horrible fucking drug okay you know i'm gonna and it might seem intriguing but the end result of someone who used it uh is it literally tore my life and my spirit apart and completely obliterated everything around me and uh, turned me into a monster All right, now let's talk about, I'm going to talk about what the high was like. Now, what's weird about methamphetamine and part of the reason it's so addictive is it raises the dopamine units in your brain higher than any activity you could ever engage in on this planet by far. 
Uh, heroin increases your dopamine units to like 400. Uh, sex will increase it to 200 units. Cocaine's 400 units. And methamphetamine, crystal methamphetamine, shoots your units of dopamine up to 1,500. Not only does Whoa. the dopamine units in your brain so insanely high, but it lasts for a ridiculous long time. It has a very long duration of action. And um, I, I tried every drug out there. Like I said before, I never got addicted to anything on my first time, my first use. I was always able to try things and then put them down. But with meth, I was addicted my first time. And part of the reason that is, is because it shoots up your dopamine so high and it has a duration of action that's like 16 hours long. But honestly, if I smoked like the blue or the pink shit, it would last for 24 hours. So, I mean, cocaine lasts for 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. you, you can only imagine how much cocaine you'd have to do to maintain a uh, 24 hour long high. And even then your dopamine units aren't as high. And the thing about dopamine is it's your survival mechanism in your brain, okay? When you eat, it releases dopamine. When you have sex, it releases dopamine. It's, it's what gives you pleasure for doing the things necessary for survival. So when you got this thing that shoots it up to such an alienated high level, uh, your brain will automatically perceive that as your new survival mechanism. That's, more, that's what you need more than food. That's what you need more than sex. That's what you need more than anything. And matter of fact, there was actually a study with mice where they would give them methamphetamine, get them hooked. It's horrible, I know. And then they would uh, basically, they would give them an option of food or meth. And they would go to the meth until they starved to death. They would never go to the food. It was just meth 100% of the time. And uh, when you rewire your brain this way, I mean, you literally think do your brain is thinking do meth or die. I mean, that's literally what happens inside your brain chemistry. Now, what does it feel like to have your dopamine units boosted seven and a half times higher than sex? And oh, like, I got to skip it now. Um, that is crazy. Insane. I just, yeah, this guy's incredible. You know, when he explains it that way and gives those numbers where he is like, okay, having sex brings your dopamine levels to 200. Mm -hmm. Cocaine and heroin brings it to 400. Mm -hmm. And then meth brings it to 1500. Mm -hmm. That's a level that's unreachable by anything in anybody's normal life. I that's feel like what even I'm like, saying. like yes. the dopamine yeah. when you have a baby. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not mm -hmm. even comparable to this like unrealistic yeah. level of yeah. euphoria yeah oh and my God, so yeah. i can that with the numbers it makes me realize like i can actually wrap my brain around how addictive that has to mm. be mm. because if that's your new normal is up here but actually yeah. normal is down here if this is your new normal and then you're trying to come off of it and you're down here, you feel mm -hmm. like you're below the ground. Mm -hmm. Like you're not even living. That's what I'm I, saying. This shit that is has got to be so awful. difficult to get off of. Mm -hmm. It's almost oh like, gosh. you know, the secrets to like extreme happiness and you realize if you continue it, you're going to, you know, overdose and die or have these crazy physical I, effects. You know, yeah. like losing your skin or like anything like, you know, with crocodile and shit like that. It's just, it's like, at what point do you stop and why would you stop? You know, right. you know, that you know one the to me to life and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. 
that one to me is like probably the scariest because it's like mm-hmm. there's this like unattainable, unrealistic potential for happiness yes. and it comes yes. in the form of this drug and you can yes. have it take it and you can have it that's scary to me so scary yeah i think eventually he ends up saying stuff like oh yeah it took me like two years until i could finally like learn to enjoy sex again because i knew how great it could be on this drug you know and oh my gosh yeah oh, if baseline awful. high on this you're at like 1500 then imagine having sex on this drug it would be at like 3000 oh yeah i'd imagine so it's just awful so, if you think about it. It's wow. like, oh, I would almost just ignorance is bliss in this case, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. I know. This guy's crazy. He's and such good You know, stories. like I've watched, I've watched like plenty of shows like Intervention mm-hmm. or like Drugs Incorporated or whatever. I've never heard those like numbers like spelled out. Yep. To be able to make normal people who, not normal people, but people who aren't addicted to that, to yeah. be able to comprehend what it feels like and how it makes sense to someone who is addicted yes. to it. Because for someone who is not, you look at it and you're like, that doesn't make sense. What what yes. makes you want to be like that, blah, blah, blah. That yes. makes sense. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, for a while there, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. And I'm still good, but I'm like, but you make yeah. it sound like I get it now. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm like, I get why people do this shit. But then then you have the other side of it where you're like, oh, I know too much now. I know that well, there's another side. Well, that's what makes it scary. Because yes, it's like, okay, yeah. at one point you're just like, okay, this is terrifying. I could never do anything yes. like this. But now I've heard this information that makes it actually sound appealing. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, well, this actually sounds kind of appealing now. But okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yep, that's what's going on there. Um, moving on to the next portion. Um, hold on. I'm pausing the video to explain some in-depth facts and functions about meth specifically. Powder form of um, the drug is called meth or speed. The crystal form is called crystal meth, ice, glass, shard, or shabu. Methamphetamine is chemically similar to a commonly prescribed drug for patients with attention deficit disorder, ADD, to aid in weight loss and obese patients and narcolepsy, sleeping disorder, known as amphetamine. Methamphetamine is rarely prescribed. Actually, no, I think this was incorrect. I want to say it's amphetamine is rarely prescribed due to its highly addictive nature, but can and usually is made from the drug pseudo Pseudophedrine, pseudophedrine, I think is what it's called. Okay. A drug commonly found in cold medicines. So yeah, yeah like Sudafed. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Okay. Yep. Making sense Pseudo- now. Pseudo- <laughs> pseudophrine. Yeah, it's in cold medicines, and they literally will make meth out of shit that's in cold medicines. I have meth- heard that before. Uh huh. Yeah. Meth gives off um, extreme amounts of dopamine. Dopamine, if you don't already know, sorry about Sunny crying. She's with, she's with Joey. <laughs> she's hungry. Dopamine, if you don't already know, is a natural released hormone in the brain that releases during acts of survival, such as eating when you're hungry, sleeping when you're tired, etc. It's known as the reward hor- hormone. Your brain rewards you with dopamine when you do something to aid in your own survival. Dopamine is also released in miniature amounts when you do things that make you happy as well. 
In low controlled doses, some short-term effects typically include elevation in mood, elevation in alertness, increase in heart rate, increase in breathing rate, promoting weight loss. In drug abusing situations where meth is used in, ex in excess, some long-term effects typically include extreme weight loss, dental damage, what's known as meth mouth, anxiety, sleeping disorders, unusual violent behaviors, and death. Um, going on to another video talking more about meth, I think it's the same guy. Uh, let's see. This is Sunny going to bed. Yes. Oh, I have to say good night to Sunny. Good night. I love you. Bye. I'm going to talk more about meth. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's busy talking about meth. Mommy's buzzed. <laughs> How about that? All right, let's see. Let me see. No, I think I'm good on the wine. What are you making for dinner? It smells really good. Um, it is chicken tortellini with like an alfredo and chicken sauce. Yeah. Can I have Ooh, some? That Did you good. hear that? That sounds so yes. good. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It sounds good. Now my tummy just growled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm buzzed, I'm like, I'm like looking for food. Brenna said Danny should have been sitting in the background telling you how to pronounce these words. <laughs> yeah. He's probably correcting me as I'm speaking. Yeah, sorry probably. guys, I'm probably butchering these words. Um, okay, I'm gonna share my screen. Is it sharing? Wait a second. It should be. No. Maybe not. <laughs> Go figure. No, it's like a, a this little, fucking like stupid thing. <laughs> I hate this thing. It's driving me crazy. All right. Let me click on the video first, and then we're going to screen share. This is going to be a lot of editing later. I just, I can feel it in my soul. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so not looking sorry. It. And I've oh already God. sent you so much stuff to edit. Fault. I'm so sorry. It's, okay. it's not your fault. I'm just pissed off at this fucking um, program. I'm like, I what? feel so bad. I'm oh, so sorry. Stupid program. We'll have to do um, Zoom next time. At least That's I can tough. trust Zoom. My my baby <laughs> daddy <you>, Zoom. <laughs> Sponsored by Zoom. Sponsored by Zoom. <laughs> All right. Pause this video. Now we're gonna try and screen share. If it's gonna let me. All right. Let's see. Let's take a look. See. Take a look. See. Nope. That's not what I wanted to share. I'm sharing the live stream. <laughs> Motherfucker! Okay. I see nothing. <laughs> That's really good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all I am sorry. So I'm like, oh, it's all right. No stress. No stress. Oh god, the, my house smells oh. so good right now. Joey said, oh. like, chicken tortellini with some sort of Alfredo sauce, and my tummy I'm went, like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm starving. All right. It should be starting up. Oh, there it goes. Now? Oh, poor yeah. Sunny. It's still in Russian. <laughs> the subtitles are in Russian. Yo, I'm about to kill this fucking program. And I'm, so I'm sorry. sorry, Riverside, but you suck. You <laughs> suck. I'm gonna punch you in the face. Just smash the big disgrace. 
I'm gonna knock you out Smash of Smash it with the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm trying to hide it, but I'm so sorry for these technical difficulties, guys. I promise you I'm the content has been great though, Katie. Just hey, gotta say. I you know what? I gotta say the same to you, man. You've been doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, is it working now? <laughs> I'm just going to fucking leave it on screen share. I'm not even going to bother getting out of it. Whatever. Leave it doesn't it matter it. to me. Yeah. All right. How about now? You see yeah, it? Yeah, I see it. Thank God. Holy <laughs> shit. This fucking program. All right. Here we go. All right. In units boosted seven and a half times higher than sex and like three and a half times higher than heroin. Uh, it is a absolute rush and probably the most beautiful feeling I've ever felt in my life. The first time I slammed methamphetamine, I actually came my pants. Uh, that's shooting up, and that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God. It happened. Uh, I would get where I felt like I was invincible, like there was these sparklers of confidence. I would say there was a euphoria of ecstasy, but I liked it more. Uh, ecstasy had a great euphoria that's serotonin and uh, meth is dopamine but I like the meth more and I can't really put my finger on what it is that made me like the meth so much more I think part of it is just the fact that it keeps on working like with things like exos you you come down after four hours five six hours and if you pop more exos you might feel it a little bit but you get more of a dissociated feeling whereas meth I remember I'd be up for like four days and I would get like some more meth and I would think, oh, this ain't going to work. But it's such a powerful drug. It literally will get you back to that peaking like the first time you wow. smoke it. And it will just keep working throughout the time. It also has this very rigid like confidence that it gives you that nothing else gave me. It, it's kind of like you could go in a room and you're like fucking 60 pounds underweight and you look like a fucking crackhead. But you think you are the coolest motherfucker in that room. Like it does this weird and it makes you very cold and very numb to everybody else like you really just don't give a shit about anyone around you because you're the shit i mean that's like uh it's a fucked up thing but i think it's so easy to like it and that's one of the things about addictive drugs and meth is i consider it the most addictive drug to me is that what they don't tell you is you just like the experience you really like it and it's very common for people to really fucking like this experience and I liked it literally more than anything I ever experienced in my life by far. Wow. Another thing that made meth so addictive is it was a very much so a cross addiction with sex. Like very much so. Uh, ah, sex on meth. I just want to say quick disclaimer before this part. It is very sexual. So if you're not into that shit, click out. Now. Explicit content. So. It's very explicit. Which I, <laughs> We give this disclaimer before the shows. So I know I shouldn't have to, but like. Just want to really iterate that this is, <laughs> it's a little bit, uh, yeah. It's like there. unbelievable. Yeah. Like I remember even when I got sober, it took me like years to get to where I could have sex like a normal person and actually enjoy it. Like, and even now it's kind of like, I feel like I'm having cookie cutter sex mm -hmm. because sex, I mean, meth is like the most insane aphrodisiac that I've ever experienced. Like, I remember doing it with my ex and we would literally watch porn for seven days or seven nights straight. And it was like oh, watching man. porn on meth was better than having sex with any chick out there sober. The hottest chick in the world having a fucking orgy with all these hot ass chicks that are like tens. 
I'd rather watch porn on meth. That's how amazing it made sex. And that was a very, of course, that's a fucking very addictive feeling. I remember I had a uh, applied psychology exam and I was smoking meth and I was thinking, oh, I'll stop, you know, maybe an hour before my exam and, you know, take a shower, you know, and uh, then I'll go take my exam. I couldn't stop at an hour before. I couldn't stop during the exam when it started. I showed up to that class 30 minutes late to take the exam, smelling like lube, having had been jerking off for literally five days and nights. I could not stop. And uh, I'm very humbling myself by saying this, but it needs to be said because I think a lot of people who use the substance will relate to me on this level. And for people who have never used the substance, it might help them understand just like, you know, where this addiction comes from. And, you know, honestly, I even like the psychosis of it. Like there's a thing that some people call it being over amped. Some people call it meth psychosis, you know, but basically it's where you stay up for a really long time and you start hallucinating. And I liked it. Like, to be honest, like it was like I remember like looking through my blinds for like hours being paranoid, seeing people in the trees. But it was like I liked doing it. I liked that rigid paranoia. And I would even do things like smoke pot, you know, I would smoke pot when I was in meth psychosis to enhance it, to get even more visuals and get even more like crazy and whacked out of my head. I will. Yep. Wow. I know. Right. My goodness. Right. I, I don't even have any words. I know. I didn't either. And I still feel that way. But it all makes sense. Like he's making it make sense. Mm hmm. Yep. But it's also just terrifying. It's awful. He's like, he's literally, I don't even know how this guy is in remission because I feel like once I would start this drug, I would never get off. And ever. He's making it sound like it was really difficult to get off. And the way that he's talking about it, it's like, how are you off of it yourself? I know. Literally. And you can see, you can like see him like scratching his neck. He's like, it's like literally like the best I've ever felt in my life. I'm like, bro, you Yeah, <laughs> but you know, at the beginning, he did say he was like, it's the most evil thing that I've ever experienced. Mm, that too. He's like, I wish I never met it. Oh my gosh. Because it's after. so good, but it's so unattainable. It's You can't continue to to do something like that and survive. Right. Wow. These are before and afters of people, like, reverse before and afters. Like, this is, like, before when they were on meth versus when they're not on meth anymore. Right. So you can see oh these people were, they got they got away from it. Um, there's a reverse one before they were on meth versus what they are now. Oh, just my goodness. awful. I think there was one that just really shook me. This one, specifically, is just so freaky oh my goodness i mean it almost looks like a burn victim uh-huh there was like some sort of accident with the mm. fire which when, so when it comes to meth stuff is not uh unlikely right you know so just it's awful. just so scary because especially when you look at these pictures and so first we hear how he's talking about how meth is like literally the best um like the best high that he had ever had. Mm. Then you see these pictures of like before and after of people. Yes. And so in their brains, they're thinking like, this is the best 
like dopamine experience that I'm ever going to experience. Like this is the happiest you can ever get. This is the best feeling that you can ever get. And on the outside, you look like this. And then like your teeth just rot out of your head. It's it's all, it's not real because it's, you know, it's all in your head. Yeah. It's from the drugs. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I just wanted to share those pictures. Like, yeah, this guy is explaining that it is lovely. It's the best high you'll ever feel in your life. But he also warned, like, it is just not worth it. He's like, Evil. I wish I never met it. I wish I never saw this drug. No. Let me go ahead and skip ahead to where I needed to go. I have to start at 9.47. Hopefully it's going to let me do that. <laughs> of course, it's going to be slow. Very happy. And I beg on this. <laughs> That's like all I'm thinking of. All right, we're going to start here just because that's close enough. All right. Thanks for bearing with us, guys. I know these technical difficulties can be like really annoying. It's just having that meth pipe and being able to smoke it. It also makes you, like, really interested in mundane shit. Like, really boring-ass shit. Like, I imagine stuff like studying calculus. Like, it's pretty much... I mean, that's exciting for some people. For most, that would be tedious and boring. But, like, on meth, I would be, like, into that shit. Like, that would be my life. Like, it's, like, weird how the most mundane things will get me so excited and so into it on meth. Like, I want to be the fucking calculus master, and I know I could be the calculus master, and I'll study this shit for fucking eight days and eight nights and not even be a little bored of it. Like, that's kind of fucking weird-ass shit. Like, this super focused. Also, I feel like this is because it affects non-epinephrine. But it makes you really hyper aware of your surroundings. Like if I were to hear a noise or something, like stuff I wouldn't notice, not on meth. Like that would just be like a small noise in the corner and I wouldn't even like notice on meth. I would super notice. Like I was, my brain would just be like, there's a noise over there. There's this there. You're like so aware of your surroundings and you almost feel like you're superhuman. Like you can accomplish anything. And uh, some people call that the meth fly because it whatever goes up honestly must go, come down. But I've heard of people doing meth and just cleaning up their place and, you know, painting their whole house and they feel like they're the Superman or I've heard of athletes who will smoke meth and just perform better than they've ever performed. And for me, I was a guitarist at the time. So I smoke meth and play guitar and just play way better than ever. Feel almost like you're Superman. But honestly, what goes up must come down. Anything that boosts you up to that level is stripping your brain's ability to go up to any level naturally. So yeah. that's why they call it the meth fly. Plus it turns you into, like I said previously, a monster or a psycho. And that's what it did for me. There, It makes you like want to talk and talk a mile a minute. Uh, you could write like literally a 15-page essay in like maybe like three hours. Like you just are like nonstop. You feel overwhelming oh i just like honestly i'm trying not to trigger anybody out there it is the best high out there ever yep wow mm-hmm. but just like he said it's just like um when you get so high on on a drug it's like it's not something that your brain can hit naturally Mm-mm. so then it's just like impossible to to come off of it yep so, also, uh, um, I just, yeah, 
Go ahead. Like Brenna said, I can imagine how good of a feeling it must be to have an insane spike of dopamine, but I can't mm-hmm. say that it would be worth it to not be able to feel dopamine the same way ever. No, again. that's exactly what I'm, that's what's so scary yeah. about it is it's like, wow, that sounds great. Like I want to enjoy that, but like, you'll never feel that again. And it literally will make exactly. your life worthless. You'll be like, there's no point in not being high. And it will ruin you. Even if you did it just one time and you never did it again, you in your natural state, never doing that drug again, Mm -hmm. will be able to say in your brain, I will still never be able to get to that same happiness level that I was at when I did that drug that one time. Right. Right. Exactly. I have a story about someone who wrote in about their experience with meth and they are a longtime daily user, like daily meth. Apparently, there are people out there that function on meth. Just crazy to me. But I wanted to share it just so it's out there. Okay. I've been on meth for many years, on and off. Background, 28 years. I'm, I'm a female. I started on Ritalin in college at around 20, mainly for exams and study. Gradually upgraded to meth over the years. My experience with meth taught me two things. Appropriate dosage and quality sleep. I'm a functioning user. I have a perfect job and a normal everyday life. No one knows at all that I'm using and I'm living with my boyfriend in the same room. I learned how to handle meth from a number of trial and errors. I use it for two reasons, to keep me focused and alert for my job and to lose weight every now and then. Here's what I do. Appropriate dosage, really important. Certain level meth helps me focus and get things done efficiently. High dose is just bad, gives me headaches, etc. It's relatively easy for me to control the dosage because my life is extremely regular and I only have a very small window to smoke. I go to work half an hour later and come home half an hour earlier than my boyfriend. That's my only window. So she got, wait, I just realized her boyfriend doesn't even know. Mm-mm. Yeah, she's That's like, not cool. in the same room. That's shady. I smoke for about 10 minutes in the morning, roughly 80 milligrams to 100 milligrams, and I'm pretty sure the stuff is far from being purely 100% meth, which means she gets it from someone who fucking makes it. Um, so, yeah. You can even say, I'm going to guess it's this many milligrams. It's like, you, you don't know. know. Like, what the hell? So potentially yeah. much less than 80 milligrams to 100 milligrams. I try not to smoke after work unless I have serious deadlines or urgent work that requires my attention in the evening. Of course, we all know it's easier said than done. There are times when I couldn't control the right level. For instance, I had too much to smoke one day, then didn't sleep well that night. The next morning I woke up, I had to smoke some more so that I could maintain functionally, functioning normally at work. Quality sleep, the second most important thing. I don't mean sleep for 24 hours. I do mean quality sleep. When I don't get good sleep, I have headaches and other discomforts. I don't perform as well at work. There have been two occasions when things went wrong with meth. Once I experienced psychosis after not being able to sleep for a whole week, only a few hours, like two to three every day on average, because I was trying to start a new department to impress my boss and because I was working at home on a contract basis at the time, which made it possible for me to, which made it possible for me to smoke more than I usually did and not sleep. I was hospitalized for three weeks and stayed clean for three to four years after that. Worst part was all the lies I had to make up um, to explain my disappearance for those three weeks. 
and I would never trust myself alone with meth. I would always use with someone living with me so that the other people can tell when can tell me when I er when I'm erratic, even though they have no idea why. Second occasion wasn't as bad. I had some short-term memory loss after a few days of bad sleep in a row when people were talking about a particular animal. I knew I knew that word, but I just couldn't remember the animal that they were talking about, what it was for a few seconds. It happened a few times that week. I guess she's talking about her memory loss. Naturally, yeah. I, reacted my abst I reacted by abstinence from meth for the following three days and had plenty of quality sleep to fix that. Another trick worth mentioning is exercise. I'm a regular gym goer, three to four times per week on average, mainly for health and fitness purposes. Unexpectedly, I also, it also masks some effects from meth using to the people around me, even though that's not my intention at all. People often think my weight loss and energy are the result of working out in the gym. I do mostly strength training, but I did notice that low steady rate running on the treadmill helps excrete meth from my system more quickly, possibly due to sweating. The running also calms me down and helps me get into deep sleep faster after a heavy dose. So whenever I was doing more than planned, I would abstain from meth for the following days and go to the gym running for 30 to 60 minutes at a low intensity and get all sweaty. In summary, all I'm trying to say is that I have been on meth for nearly 10 years on and off. I try to take a break after using for three months or so. I always try to maintain no more than 80 milligrams to 100 milligrams daily on average, then sleep well. That is all. So far, no one in my life knows about this. Only my dealer knows, and I don't even see him that often. He drops it off in my mailbox, and I pick it up once a month. I already forget how he looks, and I'm sure he doesn't remember how I look. That's insane. Nuts. Yep. I. Oh my gosh, I don't even have any words. I know. <laughs> how you crazy. can literally hide that from everyone. And your boyfriend that you live with. I mean, yeah. How in the world? I don't even and I'm think like, that's why? Fair. <laughs> why? But oh it just gosh. shows you. I mean, a lot of people's success really does not stem from anything natural. A lot of times, people have to use drugs to, right. you know, excel in work and school and any other. And you wouldn't area even know it. Nope, and you wouldn't even know it because she just said nobody suspects me. I've been doing this for ten that's years on and off. Crazy. I just wanted to share that because I thought that was crazy as fuck. So interesting, can't. but also mm -hmm. just like, then that makes you like question everybody around you. It's like, what are you I doing? know. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Let me just say, I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time. I know for mm -hmm. a fact that I worked with people that were on some of the more harder drugs. And they worked and interacted with people like there was nothing wrong. So I kind of get it, you know? That's crazy. It's crazy as fuck. Oh yeah. my gosh. Anyway, so, I'm gonna it's just so weird because then it makes you like look at everybody around you differently. Yep. I know. Then you got to wow. really think about the people that you're interacting with, the successful people, the people that you yeah. know, have lots of money, people that seem like they have it all together, you know. Right, oh, so Joey told me something interesting. They used to prescribe, I don't know if it was amphetamines or methamphetamines. If it was amphetamines, it would have been in a higher dosage. But they prescribed one of the two to housewives back in the, I guess, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yep. If you ever yep, feel I've bad about this. not cleaning up your house, it's because housewives back You're in the day. They're not on meth. They, yeah, because they were literally on meth, <laughs> cleaning up their fucking houses. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. seen the act 
like with um, Joey King, like in the Gypsy Rose thing. Have you ever seen no. that show? No. Oh my no. god, you gotta watch that show, dude. It's on Hulu. You gotta. I mean, watch I know it. like the Gypsy Rose story, but I've never. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that show. I don't know. It just had me thinking about the mom, but she would she would get her gypsy prescribed with some of those drugs with the uppers, and she would just clean the whole house. Oh. And yeah, I was like, honestly, yes. I wish I could be on something that would make me want to clean I my know, whole house. Right? Holy shit! Are you kidding me? Yeah. No thanks, though. I'm good at the same time. <laughs> All right. Can you see my? Uh, hold on a second. Oh yes, I can. Okay, good. All right, I'm gonna go full screen, and this yeah, will be the last part. Type thing is just yeah. no thanks. All right, this will be the last part of my story, as far as I know. But yeah, crazy, right? A lot of it's the last time, but it's like oh, it's just such an alluring thing. And when you're in this meth state, you're kind of like in your own fucking world. Like when I was on meth, it was like me, my room, my drug, and that was it. The only people that would see me as the are the drug dealers because like you you know you're kind of like in this absorbed world and if you go out in public or you go out and see your friends they're instantly be like that guy there is something fucking seriously wrong with that guy like it makes you look fucking horrible i remember even seeing my ex when she was doing it and it's like your face gets shrunken in and you you're pale as a fucking ghost and your eyes are just black dilated when you're in this, uh, you know, under the influence of methamphetamines, it makes you look absolutely disgusting. I mean, it makes you look like literally the definition of a crackhead, but like a crackhead, like on fucking steroids, like way beyond what crack could ever do to somebody is what you look like when you're on meth. Now, there were times where the paranoia got really fucking bad, and that was not fun. Uh, I actually stayed up for like 20 days and thought aliens were coming and got out of phone book and called everybody in the phone book and boarded up my room and, uh, you know, shit like that. That's when the paranoia, for the most part, I liked the paranoia when it was in like a moderation. Uh, But when I got to like day 20 of no sleep. Uh, is when the paranoia got so bad, I'd be like on the verge of just bolting out of my house and like running down the street and screaming and shit. But yeah, and probably the biggest negative consequence, and this is a big one, and you don't realize it, you lose your moral code. Uh, whatever this shit does to your brain, it makes your moral code go out the window. All self-preservation, all uh, you know what your view is on right and wrong, it all goes out your out the window. Your like reptilian brain gets amplified, and your frontal cortex gets burnt to pieces. And what you're left with is just instinctual drives. So this horrible thing. If you preserve, like, say, faithfulness to somebody, mm. or you preserve not beating the shit out of somebody in traffic, which I almost did, even though I'm a really nice guy off of meth. <laughs> Uh, all that goes out the window. So that's a very big negative consequence. And I'd say that's number one. And uh, of course, when your moral code gets compromised, things like smoking meth, uh, it seems like the right thing to do, even though before you would think smoking meth all day totally seems like the wrong thing to do. And I really feel like to summarize it up, I mean, I feel like it's hard to really convey the high to someone who's never done it before. Uh, I think understanding the units of dopamine helps and that dopamine is pleasure and that's the feel-good molecule in the brain and this amps it up seven and a half times more than sex. So it is the best feeling that I've ever felt in my life. It is the greatest feeling I've ever felt in my life. And it's kind of hard to convey that to somebody who's never had the dopamine units up to that level before.
but just kind of understanding um, if you've never done meth and you have someone who is doing it and you can't understand why they do it, just uh, understanding that it, because it feels unbelievable, like it's, it feels like a whole nother level. I mean, it's really easy. I mean, it's really easy to rationalize your way into continuing to use something like that, you know? the like losing your moral your moral compass that's probably mm-hmm. the scariest thing uh, about that's it. what i'm saying that's what always gave me anxiety being on weed if i was ever too far gone and i was just in la la land i was like anybody could hurt me right now anybody could say something to me and i'm literally not in control of my words it's scary it's scary to think that you could yeah, ever be terrifying. not in control of yourself yeah well, and like so. he was saying, like, um, you know, it feels right to like beat the shit out of somebody when you're when you're like on yeah. the street or something. You know, that can go so far. And then you couple that with no sleep and mm-hmm. delusions and paranoia and stuff like that can turn so bad mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So interesting. That's meth though. For you. Don't wow. do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Don't do meth. Don't do meth, kids. Wow. <laughs> so interesting though mm-hmm. and to Agreed. hear it from someone's perspective where they literally went through it yeah crazy all right so um i have a story and this also says it's not safe for work <laughs> and it's from again from the subreddit uh bad trip tales this one is probably the scariest out of the stories that I've um, read. And this is by user whole underscore vegetable 2260. And the title of the story is called my first time tripping was a hero dose of penis envy, which penis envy um, I think is like a type of shroom. Oh, okay. It was like a giant dose of this specific type of shroom okay so it says my first shrooms trip was one i sure won't forget i showed up to i showed up at a shop party in a small town out in the middle of nowhere i was already drunk with my best friend unexpectedly the first person i run into was my younger cousin smoking bowls in his truck outside the party then he asked me want to eat some zoomers i've never heard that um (laughs) that term but okay (laughs) he said this grinning flashing a big bag of gnarly looking fungus the bag was labeled penis envy oh my goodness this was his first time too with a little liquid courage i didn't hesitate and i jumped in we started with roughly four to five grants each taking turns weighing handfuls on his digital scale then as we got more and more fucked up we quit weighing them Fast forward 45 minutes, and I still haven't even left the truck. I'm about 12 uh, twisted tees deep, and I lost count on the bong rips that I was taking and shrooms I was wolfing down. The effects were wild and fun at first, absolutely mind-blowing. We decided to hop out of the truck and move the party to the box. We set up some lawn chairs in the box and were being so loud, a lot of partygoers came out to join us. It was at this point that I started peeking and things went bad. Mm. The trees above my head 
my head wrapped inwards like slender arms bearing fierce claws wanting to tear me apart the almost full and gleaming moon bore a skull face and was whispering mm. some unrecognizable language in my ear suddenly all the party goer's skin looked like warm fleshy putty ready to melt and their eyes what? went pitch black they oh all gosh. looked at me with some sort of depraved thirst grinning and taking pleasure in my sudden slip in consciousness thinking i was now fully delusional with no clue what was happening except that i was surrounded by strange fleshy demons and i was in danger Whoa. then my cousin tried shoving more shrooms in my mouth this freaked me right the fuck out. Oh I remember eating the first one that he placed into my lips as if I were a baby bird. Then I saw the hand of what was feeding me and the long alien-like fingers bent and crooked, flesh dripping off like wax. Each finger had way too many knuckles. Petrified, I looked to the face of the hand that was feeding me. My cousin was now a flesh demon too, laughing uh, cruelly while his jet black eyes glared menacingly into my soul. Oh my I leaped out of the box, ignoring everyone's startled shouts for me to come back. I took off sprinting down the lane and I took to the back roads le leading out of town. The time I spent walking this road felt endless and the whole time I spoke to the sinister moon that watched over me. Eventually, my friend who I arrived with caught up to me and took me back to my house, my hometown, and dropped me off at my house. Mm -hmm. But I was still out of my mind getting stuck in loops. I, vag I vaguely remember running through people's yards and shit, wearing only my blue jeans and steel toe boots, mm -hmm. yelling what whatever came to my mind. I believe a neighbor woke up, woke up and reported me because I saw a cop car lurking, which snapped me out. Um, oh, of my delusion momentarily and I ran back home. Excuse mm. me. <laughs> then a new panic set in that I was going to prison and I thought that my house was surrounded by pigs. A cops, I'm assuming. Mm. Then out of fear of being incarcerated, I half-heartedly tried to commit suicide and then passed out. <gasps> the end. Oh my god. Terrifying. So he tried to commit suicide because he was literally, like, losing his shit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, it's like everybody around you turned into demons and their skin is melting off. Oh, my God. See, that's, like, my worst nightmare. Uh, that's why I would I, – I have no urge to do nope. any I'm sort good. of psychedelics. Yeah. Nope. And I know, I know I would have a trip like that. I just oh, know. Me, too. Uh, me yeah. too. I'm just saying, I know myself, I know my anxiety, and I know what I would yeah. do on those kinds of I'm too of much drugs. of an anxious person. That yeah. exactly right mm -hmm. there would happen to me. Yep. yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, this was an amazing episode. I had a great time. I think so, too. I had fun. So. Oh, my thanks. God. I loved your content. It was so interesting. Oh, you, too. That was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to plug your socials so everyone can follow you that's watching? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Samantha Rain 7 That's really my only social. <laughs> Samantha Rain, R-A-I-N-E, correct? Oh, yes, with an E. Okay, Samantha Rain 14 you said? Yeah. Seven. 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 That's my Duh. email. <laughs> I'm thinking of your email. <laughs> yeah. Um, my social is hello.spooky and hey, I'm K-A-T-I-R on instagram 
Um, don't forget to support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month by following the link in my bio at hello.spooky on Instagram or by following the link in our show notes. If you enjoyed this episode of Two Ghouls, we ask that you like and subscribe. It only takes a few short seconds and it does wonders in helping our channel grow. Uh, once again, thanks, ghoul friends. We will oh, see you. Oh, go ahead. You got a TikTok yes. Account. Oh, yes. We do have a TikTok. Is it? It's just regular. It's Hello. Two Ghouls Podcast. Two Ghouls okay. Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on TikTok. Like our content. Yeah, we're we're posting on them. No, I don't care. I have a lot of TikTok. Um, <laughs> thanks so much. We'll see you guys.